back here on the New Hampshire High School Football Show, postseason edition and a Thanksgiving weekend edition of the program. We'll begin the transition uh, from football to basketball talk uh, over the next couple of weeks, and I know, Dave Haley, you're very excited about that. Do you see, by the way, the number of retweets and favorites on that tweet where I said it's basketball season? I did see the the basketball season 38 tweet. retweets and, hey, like, 80 favorites. Yeah. I think people are, are excited about it. I mean, look, I... I really enjoy the football season. Yeah. I like how it starts off and you're wearing shorts. Uh, Looking tan. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> and uh, the, the weather's nice outside. You can go out, watch a game in the fall, the early fall, and even before the leaves start turning, you know, it, it's, it's nice. It's, it, it's what I like about New Hampshire and, and what I like about football season. But then, as the season progresses, starts to get a little chillier. Uh, now, now I gotta say, looking back, besides my ill-fated decision that had me in bed for two days, decision to do Milford Plymouth in the end of the season, which I'm glad we did because you know Plymouth ended up winning it. Those mm-hmm. were consequential, and Milford was, you know, maybe the probably the best team that didn't make the playoffs, right? And um, but. Uh, the weather wasn't that bad for us, you know, besides that night. I mean, we had a couple of Friday nights. Remember the, no, the, the Friday night where they had to suspend all those games? Yeah, that the, one. I was in lightning. that night. But I'm saying for the playoffs, it was a nice day in Wyndham. It was cold. Yeah, at the it wasn't end. bad. And then at UNH, it was great. I mean, again, it was I, when I drove out of UNH after the Bedford Exeter game, it was, uh, I think it was 47 degrees. It wasn't bad at no, all. No, it wasn't. No. Well, and, and during the day, and I was in the press box the entire uh, the entire day. Yeah. The only time I went down on the field was after the the final game of the day. Yeah. Um. But so not bad though for you. No, and I think UNH did a tremendous job. Great job. They were really terrific. Everybody treats you really nicely. NHIAA. You know, my hats off to Jeff Collins and his whole team. I thought they they do a really a terrific job. I think Jeff does a great job with at the NHIAA. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was funny because I you know the story, but uh. When I ripped my pants and I had to go home and I got back within an hour, so it worked out fine. And um, but I left my and Reed Grubbs' media passes in the pants, mm-hmm. and so I went to the NHIAA, you know, to get back up in there. And these two kids were there. Well, who's standing next to me? But Jeff Collins, the the head, the president of the NHIAA. And I'm like, I-, I think he can vouch for me. And he's like, Yeah, let him in. Uh. So <laughs> at least I had the head guy right there to to get me in. But. Uh, they did a great job. My, a lot of credit to them, and and UNH is a as a great host. And um, you know, four months from now we'll be at UNH again all day long again when yep. we got you know the championships over there for basketball. And obviously we'll be getting into that. Our first, we should say now our first show will be live from our um, our jamboree on December tenth from NHTI. Paul Hogan and his whole crew uh, are uh, hosting us over there, and that will be our day long coach for a cause jamboree right in Concord. So if you're anywhere. The Lakes region, the Concord area, Manchester, Nashua, easy, right down 93. I hope a ton of people come because we've got some great games. But anyway, that will be our first basketball show in two weeks. Yeah, and I think at the end of this show, we'll talk about that. We'll kind of preview that, let you know what the matchups. I mean, the matchups have been out there for a while, but we'll we'll talk about some of those matchups. People are psyched, yeah. A lot, yeah. Well, a lot of football plays we covered will be back over there. Matt Simcoe back at it for Hollis Brookline. And, yeah, you know, a lot of these kids, all the Portsmouth kids and – so, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. So let's talk about, you know, Bedford and, and what they did. Um, I think Derek Stank, you know, after the game, and we'll play uh, the interview that I did with Coach Stank after the game, he's just so very proud to have been part 
of the first championship in that school's history. And we talk all the time about the factory they got over there and yeah. what a great community and they support yep. you know, their kids and their schools. And you want to talk about what we're going to be doing on Tuesday night? Buffalo Wild Wings? Not not as of yet. We are doing a post game yeah. uh celebration with the Bedford Bulldogs uh next week. Yeah. So to be determined. Where yeah. we did it last year with Gosstown and it was a lot of fun, you know, basically the entire team, parents, kids loved it. You know, yeah, girlfriends and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we did it with St. Thomas uh, over at Buffalo Wild Wings. They'll be showing the game on the big screens. Uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be some wings consumed. Yeah. So uh, that should be a lot that's of fun. That's great. Those but, kids, uh, but that's the best part of winning a championship is, is getting together as a team and getting to just kind of, you know, you already know how the game ends. And, you know, so it's totally different to sit back and watch. And, you know, you miss a tackle or you make a bad penalty. You laugh about it because, you know, it didn't end up caught. Exactly. The end. Yeah. yeah and, and I think, uh, you know, Caleb McDonald, one of the seniors, uh, big, big uh, defensive lineman. And he mentioned, you know, in the post game that, hey, you know, this is our senior year and we want to come back here for our reunion. And, you know, there was no band. I like there. that. I like that. You yeah. Know, we're, that's going to be up there. It's going to say 2016. So it means a lot to those guys. Yeah. yeah. And if, if, if those guys um, and for those seniors, they now can. Because um, I said last year, I think at this exact time, I said, those guys are going to be out, you know, maybe when they're older and they're of age, you know, at Billy's or at UNH, maybe rooming or buddies or fraternity brothers with those Goffstown guys that beat them last year. And, you know, I know I've been there uh, in drinking establishments up north with the Groveton and the Colebrook guys that played in championship games and, you know, double overtime. Years and ago. Too. Now at least the Bedford kids can say, you know, well, we got it the next year. We yeah. won our championship the next year, you know, and, and uh, we give yeah. you guys props for Connor, you know, Robert, Leahy, Hussein, like those kids, you know, Canoni, those guys say, all right, we got our title the next year and mm-hmm. um, a little, little even better to reminisce. But no, those kids, uh, they get it in the moment. Uh, Stevens, as McIsaac reminded me, ad nauseum, uh, won their first title since 1968 in football. Uh, Paul Silva and I emailed, we're going to have him on a little bit, but he and I were emailing and he said to me on email, he said, I wish you could have seen the scene when we drove into Claremont. Chris Sanborn had a video online of them coming in with the fire trucks leading into Plymouth. You know, Plymouth has that great downtown there by the, by like, you know, the town offices Mm -hmm. and, and, and everything downtown. So, um, that's really special. And it's really, um, when a town gets behind the kids like that, I think it's, uh, I think it's great. Go ahead, Tim. One little thing I'd like to add. I, I not only was fascinated that they hadn't won a football championship since 68, my understanding was that in team sports, they hadn't won anything since 84. Oh, so the, no other school team had right. won something. Say uh, baseball since or soccer. 84? Since 84. Wow. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I might have heard that. Boy, they had Caleb Tarzuski and Hoop. I they know. didn't win it. You, so I, I'm not sure, Tim, if you know who... Caleb Tarzuski is, but who's he playing for? He's now? in the D League now. He, so he, he was playing with the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he got sent to the D League. He played mm-hmm. for Arizona for four years. He was a starting center. I mean, he started four years at Arizona, and he was at Stevens. And they had another big kid too that played with him, Kevin O'Connor. That's right. He was really good. Yeah. I used to email with his dad, uh, who was a great guy. Caleb Tarzuski's dad used to email me too. I mean, if I could save all the emails I've gotten over the years, 
It was pretty good. But he left as a, after his sophomore year and went prep, and that's where he really blossomed. But I always tell people he would dunk on UCLA on national television. I would say, I watched that kid lose a playoff game to Prospect Mountain uh, <laughs> in know. the semifinals at Snoo. I know, huh? Yeah. Wow. Well, good for Stevens, good for Bedford, good for Plymouth. I just, I just think so many storylines this year. You know, some of the storylines that didn't pan out, the John Stark, you know, coming on to the yeah. scene, getting recognition for the first time ever in program history. Now, if it wasn't for Bo, <laughs> it might be singing a different tune right yeah, now. Yeah, the only team that beat him, right? All yeah. season long. And I remember, um, I'll give away a little, you won't know what quotes he did. I'm about to reveal secrets, but Chris Childs was one of the guy, one of the coaches I used for the quotes. And he said, we beat Bo and Plymouth. Both of them. Should they be getting votes? <laughs> Lebanon's like, you know. Should they be getting votes in the power pole? You know, no, he, he wasn't saying that at all. He was just saying, you know, what could have been. You know, they almost beat Hanover. They had a couple of fumbles late that kind of cost them. But he, I remember he said, we, we beat both these teams in the championship. You know, in, late in the season. In the last week of the season, they beat Bo. So, I mean, it's unbelievable. Jen and I sort of had a, were talking at UNH between games, and I said, we went to Milford. Four weeks ago, we didn't know Plymouth was getting in the playoffs. And yeah. Milford was beating them in the third quarter. So you actually were on that ride with Plymouth. I mean, you saw them get into the playoffs The only game I missed was St. Thomas, yeah. You know, you, you saw the Wyndham game. They don't care. They just care about Grubzingus. That's, yeah. that's all they want. Yeah. What impressed you the most about, you know, getting to know that Plymouth team a little bit? Their resiliency and the fact that other kids – stepped up you know the Colby Moores of the world who the Anthony Velez's who weren't really part of the you know I mean Sammy Slaughter got hurt Nolan Farina I mean go down the line we talked about Merrill in 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 the preseason and they they just their resiliency and then Maycumber I don't know sometimes you just I don't know that kid at all really as well as I know a lot of kids I've covered but I've interviewed him twice he just seems like such a genuine kid, and and that's the way Chris Sanborn describes him. Like he's mm-hmm. kind of like a big goofball. Yeah, he what seems a, it. What a worker. He just seems like a great. They, he just seems like a great kid. You know yeah. what I mean? And it and the Bo kids are great kids too. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying it's unfortunate with somebody has to lose. But no, I thought that was how they persevered, and I thought it was interesting in Jen's preview video which was so good yeah. as always she does a good job incredible I'm gonna have to do one for the jamboree like past jamboree highlights oh, cool. I think that would be cool uh, heading into it but how one of the kids said um, we needed to do this for Coach Sanborn mm-hmm. and I think a lot of them felt like you know they didn't make the playoffs two years in a row and mm-hmm. he repl- you know you always say and you're right when you're like replacing the man is Gene Bartow there's your name Gene Bartow was the first coach after John Wooden at UCLA, oh, you know, man. and it's replacing the guy is, is always so hard. And, you know, what Chris Sanborn did is sort of like what Kevin Ollie did at UConn, where he wins a title after Jim Calhoun retires. And it's like, wow. And now he's got that championship. He's a championship football coach. And boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, did he earn it. That's a huge – I'm not going to say monkey on his back because I don't think he had a monkey on his back. No. But that's a huge – like, yeah. I know he – I think he would privately tell me he felt a little bit – and um, and what a program! And mm-hmm. somebody told me that their um, somebody told me that their their freshman team or their eighth grade team was really really good. And mm-hmm. one thing, just, if you wonder if Exeter's going anywhere, um, somebody told me Exeter's eighth grade team, Cody Morissette's brothers on it, mm-hmm. did not 
give up a point this right. season. Exeter. Right. So Bill Ball will be there for a long time to come, if he wants to, unless he wants to retire. But Exeter. What kind of style are they running? we got to ask Dave Morissette. They do. You know exactly but, what they run. So they're running. The, oh, they the, all do. Yeah. I mean, see, that's a really smart thing these football programs do is they get them in the system. For example, Cody Graham ran that exact same offense in middle school. So when he came up to varsity, it's the same language. It's the same principles. It's the same offense. So, oh, yeah, they're running that same offense. So Exeter, Bedford, Pankerton, you know. They're not going anywhere. Those are the teams that are going to be there every year in one form or another. I, I don't want to you know, go too far into speculating and looking ahead to next year, but do you think that was a one-year blip for, for Pinkerton? Are we going to see them back uh, over 500 and back well, in the playoffs? I talked to Coach year? O'Reilly um, a week ago, and um, you know they've got a lot of sophomores that he's high on. He said, you know, we— you know, he he said they they took their lumps, and he said, "Hey, you know, it, uh, it is what it is." And uh, yeah, I, I think they they'll be a lot better. They they had a bunch of sophomores that were playing, so I imagine that they'll they'll be up. I mean, it's impossible for me to to know who's going to be the favorite. You know, in basketball, it's so much easier. The five kids on the court, you know, you understand. Ian Cummings was out there with four seniors from Merrimack, so you sit there, go, okay, well, Merrimack's got I mean, football. I mean, I don't know where, what these linemen all are from every single team, so it's impossible to know. But um. No, I think Pinkerton will be right back in it next year. All right, we'll get to another timeout. When we come back, we'll talk to the championship-winning coach in the Division Three title game that took place last Saturday, Paul Silva of Stevens. Great, great story coming out of uh, Claremont, New Hampshire. The Cardinals beating Interlakes Moultonboro for the first title in Stevens football history since 19. 19- 68. We'll talk about it when we return to New Hampshire High School football show. Special postseason Thanksgiving weekend edition of the program on ESPN New Hampshire and NHSportsPage.com.